1: 18 plus. Bryce Larson returns right now on ESPN 960.
2: Get in on the conversation by sending in your thoughts on today's show via open mic submission on the ESPN 960
0: app. A little Mariah Carey bringing us back in. On a foggy, cold Monday here in uh, Salt Lake City, Jordan Bianucci in for uh, Bryce Larson. We can cats away, the mice will play. We can do whatever we want. Do we want to play Mariah for a while? We can do that. A lot of a lot of texts. Play more Mariah. If you could shut up, uh, didn't do that. I'm getting those texts. You know, could be more polite, but. Uh, I get the message. Bryce on his Christmas vacation. He's on the high seas. We have no idea what's happening. He doesn't know what's happening. He's not listening. Has no internet access because you got to pay for that. And uh, well, we talked about it last week. <laughs> he made a deal with uh, with his wife. He, no, you're not getting the internet. You're allowed to get it on Wednesday. So you can watch Utah Valley Liberty. Coming up tomorrow, we'll talk more Utah Valley basketball. Big game with Liberty uh, this Wednesday. Liberty's a really good team. Uh, we'll, see, uh, we'll see how that goes. They're at home, the Wolverines, so they haven't lost there in, a, what, what is it, like a year and a half, it seems like. So that helps them out. They played well against Utah, but in the second half, just couldn't, uh, couldn't pull it out. You know what killed the Wolverines, in my opinion, was the three-pointers. They played really well inside against Utah as well as you would expect them to. Utah's the second tallest team in the nation. I thought they played well. It was given up three-pointers to Utah, and then Utah Valley didn't hit any outside shots. So that that hurt them. Uh, I, I'll i tell you what, though. The good news is you have Drake Allen back. Allen was out with the ankle. He's back. He didn't start. He was I think he was limited minutes uh, to a certain extent, but we'll see if they start him on Wednesday, Todd Phillips. Because that's a big piece. That's a big piece if you're Utah Valley. you got to have Drake uh, Allen back in there. And, and they do. Saturday was an interesting day because Devion Smith, the decision came down from the courts that any transfer, you can transfer as many times as you want, basically, in college, and then play immediately. And Devion Smith, the highly touted transfer from Georgia Tech, it came to Utah, everyone was wondering, well, is he going to be approved? Can he play? Well, that decision came down, and so they are like, yeah, he can play. We didn't know if he was going to, but he got in the game. Didn't make a huge impact. But was that was, I mean, there was a lot. It was an interesting Saturday. For a game that wasn't uh, uh, really, really exciting down the stretch, it was the Wolverines, I don't think, could get it uh, any lower, the deficit, than six. Other than that, I mean, it was, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff in that game to watch. Uh, I'll be interested to see how the Wolverines back bounce back on Wednesday. This is the toughest part of their schedule. They have to play. they just have to play better. There's no getting around it. Um, and I don't know. It's hard because you have it's an entirely new team, and it just takes time. It takes time it, it does. To get in a groove, we we've, we've seen that with BYU. BYU had a a ton of new faces last year. They looked terrible last year. They looked awful, and this year they found it. They are in the groove, and look, they're hitting a lot more threes. That sure helps. But uh they, they I think they learned how to play with each other, and you're seeing that. And you hope if you're a Utah Valley fan, you hope that they can the Wolverines can get it figured out by. This upcoming week, by January, at the latest, because, look, you've already, you're have already you one and one in conference. And when January hits, man, you need those games. You need those WAC games. They all count now because they use that formula for the WAC where they take the out-of-conference games and they, they weigh those with the conference games for the tournament seeding. But you need the conference games badly. Badly. Um. So that, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, Utah Valley's got to find a way to win these games down the stretch. It's going to be tough on Wednesday. If they win Wednesday at home, that's a good win against Liberty. If you're thinking about going out to the game, get out there because Liberty is really good. They're a really good team, and that's going to be fun. At the UCCU Center, I'll be hosting the pregame starting at 5.30 on Wednesday right here on ESPN 960. Tip-off at 6 o'clock with Jim McCullough. You can also watch that one on ESPN plus excuse me what else what else do we have going on we're gonna to get to the best of here in just a minute a good interview with Jay drew that uh, Bryce did last week with the uh, reporter for the Deseret News but uh, yeah other than that I wanted to the jazz man Utah Jazz one two in a row baby we're back we're going to the play. Get us in that playing tournament. That's all we want. Get us in that. Uh, it didn't work out. They went to Sacramento. And uh, 125 to 104. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Jazz are back. <laughs> jazz are just. The Jazz are not good this year. That's okay. That's okay. I, I get it. If you're a Jazz fan, it, it's not fun to watch that team right now but look it's a rebuild it's a rebuild it is what it is i i talk about it like every day on this program jazz fans why are you buying all these tickets to game i want to go to the game a little less supply and demand would help me out sit in the lower bowl tonight against brooklyn you can't get into the lower bowl for less than like 80 bucks that's insane this team is terrible brooklyn's so boring but uh, jazz fans love the jazz. And by definition, they do. They're fans. But I'll give it to them, man. They they show up, win or lose. And, yeah, makes it tough for the rest of us. I don't want to sit in the upper bowl. I'm an upper bowl snob. I won't do it. Who out there has sat in the lower bowl and then been able to go back up to the upper bowl? Not a lot of people. Be- uh, it's It's horrible. No, why don't you sit in the lower bowl? You're not going back up. You are not going back up.
2: I can't stand the damn Utah Jazz. They make me
0: sick. Oh, come on, Stephen. Come on. They're not that bad. They're not that bad. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back on the other side, wrap up this best of Monday on Valley Sports Talk. Jordan Bianucci in for Bryce on ESPN 960. With Bryce Larson returns right now on ESPN 960.
2: Get in on the conversation by sending in your thoughts on today's show via open mic submission on the ESPN 960 app.
0: I'll have a blue Christmas without you. I'll be so blue just thinking about you. All right, the king bringing us back. On a cold, foggy Monday morning, Jordan Bianucci and for Bryce on a little best of Valley Sports Talk. We're going to get to uh, in this final segment. I want to get to Jay Drew. He was on the program. Um, he spoke to us a couple of weeks ago. Really good interview. Here's some stuff about the. It was before the Utah BYU game, so he'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, there's some interesting stuff about covering BYU. The differences uh, that between BYU and Utah that. Uh, yeah, that I enjoyed there. Look, Jay, Jay Drew has been doing the job for a really long time. He's really good, one of the best, uh, best reporters we have around. So let's get to that. This is Jay Drew uh, talking to Bryce.
1: The SPN 960 Hotline. Welcome in the uh, beat writer for BYU football and BYU basketball. We'll talk a little bit of both here in this segment. That's Jay Drew of the Deseret News. Jay, appreciate you hopping on, as always. How are things going? It's been a minute since we last talked.
2: Yeah, it has been a minute. It's uh it's been a little slow lately with BYU football season over and uh but it's heating up this week obviously with the with the big basketball game Saturday. So, can't complain. It's it's been fine.
1: Yeah, it is a big basketball uh game and you recently switched over from the Utah Beat to the BYU Beat. Uh let's talk a little bit about your switch from covering Utah hoops now to covering BYU what's kind of been the difference and and have you enjoyed one more than the other
2: yeah I wouldn't say I've enjoyed one more than the other uh, I had a good time covering the Utes for three years uh, before that I did bas- BYU basketball and football full-time um, so now I'm back uh, obviously where I used to be but uh, um, yeah, I enjoyed it uh, I like Craig Smith he's a good guy the Utah basketball coach Utah's got some good players I, I've told BYU fans this week uh, Brandon Carlson's the real deal he's uh, if uh, if BYU can't you know slow him down or can't uh, figure out something to do with him as far as matchups go uh, it could be a long night for for the cougars he's he's that good um, but uh, I like covering BYU basketball as well um, I will say this that the atmosphere of at BYU games is just is just better as far as the environment, the crowd, the entertainment factor. Um, that's something that, you know, the running youths really need to work on, I think. And, and uh, frankly, they got, they got to get more people at their games. They got to, they got to uh, bring back the, uh, the feeling they had in the, the mid teens. And uh, even before that in the, in the Rick Majerus days. So um so they got a long way to go as far as that in that regard but uh, as far as the product on the floor uh Utah basketball has been gradually improving under Craig Smith and I think it'll be a really really tight competitive game Saturday.
1: Yeah, it is going to be a great game uh this upcoming weekend and maybe this will be a little bit of a catalyst for Utah to uh, be able to spark something within that fan base. If they can get a win against a good BYU team, they're coming in at eight and O and number 14 in the nation, number one in the net rankings. How has BYU gotten to this point? Number one in the net rankings coming into this game, Jay.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of it is they've kind of grown, grown together, grown old together, the consistency, the continuity of their roster. I think a lot, there's a lot to be said for that. Um, I think they've, they've, Using analytics well. Um, and then, and then, you know, they haven't, they haven't played a road game yet. They've played away from the Marriott Center a few times, but true road games in college basketball are very, very difficult. Um, I don't think there's a sport where there's a bigger home build or home court advantage than college basketball. Um, through, at least through my years of covering, you know, all kinds of different sports. So whether that will translate Saturday night, you know, we're hearing there's going to be a lot of BYU fans there. Um, that might mitigate that a little bit. But until you've actually won a true road game, I don't really know how good you are. And that, so I think BYU's kind of, you know, moved up in the net rankings and the AP poll and all that, uh, you know, based on a lot of blowouts. And uh, and they have beat some good teams, don't get me wrong. San Diego State, North Carolina State, et cetera. But uh, I think this will be BYU's first really, really big test of the
1: season. Yeah, it definitely will be. We're chatting with Jay Drew of the Deseret News here on Valley Sports Talk and ESPN 960. Jackson Robinson has just broken out, really, this season, averaging 16.9 points per game, had an outstanding game in, uh, in the Delta Center uh, against uh, Fresno State not too long ago as well. Talk about how important Jackson Robinson has been to this 8-0 start for BYU.
2: Yeah, he uh, he has been a great uh, – uh, you know, and it's remarkable that he's coming off the bench and he's taken on that role and flourished in it. And uh, um, he's been a, a, a nice surprise. There's been a, quite a few nice surprises for BYU this year. Uh, Noah Waterman, obviously, is another one. But uh, um, having not really watched Jackson – until this year on kind of on a game to game basis. I, I I'll, I'll admit it. I didn't realize really how good and how versatile this kid was and what a great shooter he is. So uh, yeah, kudos to him. He's, he's, uh, he's definitely when we looked in July or when we, the media days back in, uh, in, in Kansas city, a couple months ago I was looking at the roster and I was thinking, where's the scoring going to come from? Who's going to be that guy? And obviously it's, Jackson Robinson, he's been the guy to to carry that load, and so uh, yeah, he's been uh, he's been the catalyst for this thing.
1: And also these these in state games, Jay. These are a lot of fun uh, between not only BYU and Utah, but also you know Utah has kind of carried the torch in playing a lot of different teams from the state of Utah as well. They played Southern Utah. They're coming off that 88-86 win over SUU. That was without Brandon Carlson as well. And then uh, after they play BYU, they're going to take on Utah Valley there at the Huntsman Center as well. How important is it for, especially on the men's side, because the women's side of basketball does really good at at making sure they play these in-state games and every team at least plays each other once. Uh, But on the men's side of things, how important is it to to get more of these in-state games going with BYU actually playing Utah Valley and, and Southern Utah and Utah continuing to play these games as well?
2: Yeah, I think it's hugely important, and I wish they more would do it. Um, you, know, those used to be some of the funnest games. Um, everybody knows, uh, you know, in Utah County that the uh, Utah or the Utah Valley and BYU uh, got a little rivalry going, uh, and it was it was a lot of fun games. Um, I also think that Utah and BYU ought to play Utah State. I mean, that's just a tragedy. I think that they're not playing this year. The Aggies aren't are playing neither the Utes or the Cougars. Um, especially up in the up in the spectrum up in Logan, those games are as fun as games as I can remember ever covering. Um, when BYU would go up there or when Utah would go up there, or or vice versa, when the Aggies would play uh down in Salt Lake or Provo. So I yeah, I wish uh, you know, kudos to the teams that will do that. Um I know another rivalry that's gone away is BYU versus Weaver State doesn't look like they're playing this year and they've had some good games in the past so yeah i I really wish they would get back to doing that again Uh, those are fun days
1: yeah those are really important games And you mentioned utah valley and byu uh playing utah valley won the last two in a row and three of the last five against byu as well uh so they're starting to get a little bit more competitive and right as they do byu cuts it off when they go to the big 12 as well uh, Jay, let's talk a little bit about this Utah roster. You mentioned they've got a couple of good players. You mentioned Carlson. Uh, there's also Kada. Talk a little bit about some of these guys that you covered while you were on the beat for Utah.
2: Yeah, Kiba Kada. It looks like I haven't seen a lot of Utah play this year, but it looks like he's improving. We all knew he had a lot of raw potential. Uh, he's a good player. They got Lawson Lovering out of Colorado, a big, a big, tall guy, seven-footer. Uh, Cole Badgema, a really good shooter from Washington. Uh, they were trying to of the blow when Davon Smith wasn't granted eligibility, a transfer from Georgia Tech. But uh, point guard Raleigh Wooster, a transfer from Utah State, is really solid and good player. And so uh, it's a good roster. And then I didn't even mention Gabe Madsen, who's a, who's a real sniper, a great three-point shooter. Uh, he'll be a guy that BYU will have to – contain or slow down because when that kid gets hot, he can really light it up. So um, I think Craig Smith's done a pretty good job there. He kind of had a big rebuilding project when he took over for Larry Christoviak and, and uh, he said it would take a few years. And, you know, now we're in year three and, and I think, uh, I think there's good things uh, ahead for the youth. It's uh, uh, at least this year they're obviously going to have a hard time replacing brand Carlson. This is his last year. But uh, but so far, you know, I, I think they're on the right track. They they easily could be, you know, a one-loss team that they, you know, lost to Houston, who's uh, you know one of the top teams in the country. But they went on the road and beat St. Mary's, which was a really big win for them. Showed that they can play away from the Huntsman Center. And so, uh, yeah, I I think the, the program's in good hands, and I think I think the youths will. will uh, will do okay in the Big 12, just like I think BYU will do okay in the Big 12 once they get a season or two under their belt.
1: One other guy that I'm interested in seeing tomorrow is Hunter Erickson as well, the former BYU guard that went to uh, Utah via Salt Lake Community College. He's averaging about 22, 23 minutes a game, and he comes off the bench and provides quite a spark for Utah. So he could end up being a little bit of uh, a factor for this Utah team as well. Jay, talk a little bit uh, about uh, head coach Craig Smith and his style of coaching. You mentioned that uh, you really liked covering him. You really liked him as a coach. What were some of those things that you liked about Craig?
2: Yeah, first of all, he, he, his teams play really good defense. They're committed to the defensive end. Um, they uh, he, He's kind of a – it's more of a free-flowing offense that he runs. He doesn't call a lot of set. Um, maybe, you know. He has, and there have been games where he has done that. But when the youths are really flourishing, is when he kind of lets them play a little bit. Um, he's a pretty good motivator. I, I really been impressed with his ability to, to get his teams to rise to the occasion. Last year, they beat like Arizona was number four, and Utah beat them on the Huntsman Center floor. So they've got that ability, and I think that comes from kind of Craig's background of of kind of uh, relishing the underdog role and. Rising up and 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 playing with whoever they're playing against. So, um, uh, I think he, I think he's going to be there for quite a while. I think he's found a good home at Utah, and uh, and I think the program's in pretty good hands.
1: All right, we're talking with Jay Drew of the Deseret News here on Valley Sports Talk and ESPN. 960 breaking down this BYU-Utah matchup but before we uh let you go here Jay I want to ask you a couple of BYU football questions and get your thoughts on the the state of BYU football as well uh let's start off with just your season overview obviously not a the a great season not eligible for BYU Uh, what went down what went wrong down the stretch for BYU and, and what do you think they need to improve on the most yeah you know when you say
2: what went wrong uh you know they didn't have a lot of depth, and they knew that going in. They didn't have the type of power five depth that they needed, and and when a few, uh, some not a few, but quite a few injuries uh, bit um, uh, Ben Bywater was a was a huge loss to the defense. They were already without you know a couple projected starting safeties and Micah Harper and Talon Alfrey. and I think some of that lack of depth caught up to them. Of course, there was the quarterback uh, change. With Keaton Slovis getting hurt in the Texas game, that that uh, Jake Retzlaff did about as good as could be expected um, of a guy who had never taken a Division One snap. But but uh, I I think the the biggest thing though overall was just the offensive line was just not adequate, and I think uh, the lack of a running game caught up to them in the form of uh, you know turnovers and. And poor quarterback play because of, uh, as they say, a running game is a quarterback's best friend. It, they just did not have that until the last couple of games of the season. So I think it was just a perfect storm, a combination of the schedule getting harder. Um, they played their easier Big 12 games earlier in the season. Uh, Cincinnati, Texas Tech, Kansas. Uh, even though they didn't win the Kansas game, they were, they were very competitive. And so, just I would just say it was all of all of the above, all of those things I mentioned, just kind of combined to to make it a really rough uh, October and, and early November for them.
1: BYU also made some off season changes to the offensive unit as well, letting coach Funk, coach Clark go. Uh, any, any, who are the candidates to replace, uh, those two coaches? We know obviously Jeff Grimes ended up at Kansas, Eric Mateos at Arkansas. So those two are off the board who's left and and where do you think they might go to replace those two spots?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, one possibility, a lot of people have already talked about it is uh, Andrew Mitchell, the former snow college coach. He's at New Mexico state as the O line coach. Uh, another name I'm hearing a little bit is, uh, T.J. Woods, um, he's been at Utah State. He's a 20-year coaching veteran. Right now he's at Georgia Southern. Uh, that's a guy maybe to keep an eye on. Um, but other than that, uh, there's not a lot of kind of names that have popped up. Um, I, I think they, I, you know, frankly, at the end of last week, BYU went really hard after Jeff Grimes. I wrote in the Deseret News that it was really, really close to being a done deal. Uh, it Obviously, when Kansas got into the picture and, and maybe some, uh, some money details were st- tried to be ironed out, it kind of fell apart. And uh, obviously, you know, he's he getting an OC job at Kansas is, is, you know, probably better and pays better than the yeah. OL job at BYU. So, but, uh, yeah, so those are, uh, you know, I, I don't think they had to go completely back to the drawing board uh, for the O-line coach. I think they had been talking to a few other guys. But I think uh, with this Grimes thing falling through, I I think they've they've uh, gone back and maybe considered some other guys that they really hadn't looked hard at in the before before the the whole thing fell apart.
1: All right, final thing before we get you out of here, Bronco Mendenhall getting that uh, head coaching job at New Mexico. You covered Bronco for a while. What are your thoughts on Bronco getting back into the coaching game?
2: Yeah, I, the other day I was uh, at the Desert News Christmas party, and we were all talking to some sports writers about the people we've covered and all that. And I said, you know, Bronco Mendenhall is probably the most enigmatic, uh, unpredictable character that I've I've dealt with in you know 33 years of sports writing. And, uh, and then he, lo and behold, it you know happens again, and he kind of takes a job that I don't think a lot of people thought he would take. But when you really start to think about it, it's right down. Right down Broncos alley. He loves the, the rebuilding project. He loves kind of the underdog role and taking, uh, you know, maybe a program that is downtrodden a little bit and seeing what he can do with it and building it up. So, um, I'm happy for him. I know he's wanted to get back into coaching at some level and uh, I think it'll take a couple of years, but uh, I think you'll see the Lobos, uh, you know, back contending for a Mountain West championship in the not too distant future because Uh, The guy can coach. I mean, you can say what you want about some of his idiosyncrasies or or whatever that I just mentioned, but uh, he's a dang good football coach, and I wish him well.
0: All right. That was Bryce's conversation with Jay Drew of the Deseret News. That's going to do it for Valley Sports Talk. Tomorrow we'll come back 8 to 10. We'll talk some Monday Night Football. Some uh, We'll talk some Utah Jazz maybe. Some Draymond Green. Some news coming out about Draymond. We'll see you tomorrow on Valley Sports Talk on ESPN 960.